Hello and welcome to the NHRA Insider Podcast with Brian Loans. A huge explosion and fire for John Forrest. The car exploded going through the lights and this is as bad a fire as we On this episode, we're wrapping up the PRI show and taking a look ahead into the winter months of the NHRA Camping World Drag Racing Series year. It's going to be Tim Wilkerson. Wilkerson goes 391-2. Lots of great news broke last week in Indianapolis. We'll get you on top of all of it. Perfect reaction time for Dallas Glenn. Triple zeros across the top of the time slip. And at the finish line stripe, it's Dallas Glenn. This is the NHRA Insider. It's Cruz Pentagon, 395.8, 324 miles an hour. A margin of victory of 26 ten thousandths of a second. Hey everybody, Brian Loans back again with the NHRA Insider here and uh, what is likely to be our last episode of the 2022 model year, so to speak. Uh, We've wrapped up the season, we've done the SEMA show, we wrapped up the PRI show last weekend with some great news uh, coming out of multiple teams. We'll talk about that uh, here in a moment as we kind of just take a little bit of a retrospective look. But this is officially the the true doldrums of the newsmaking part of the year. It's a lot about uh, teams having their Christmas parties and and teams being able to uh, pump the brakes and let their men and women off for a week or so for Christmas break. And then they come back and begin to hit things pretty hard in January. Uh, one of the things we'll talk about is uh, how many people we heard that we'll be testing uh, in the month of January when we get things going back again for 2023. But the PRI show uh, really was a great experience. Tony Pedragon and I were the uh, hosts with the most, if you will, on the NHRA stage and uh, kind of the same layout as SEMA. Big difference, though, is the SEMA show in terms of NHRA's kind of context is a lot more about the aftermarket. We talked to a lot of the, you know, let's call them luminaries. We talk a lot of celebrities of the aftermarket, kind of the big names, whether they're car builders or fans of NHRA drag racing. We kind of catch up with a wide cross section of people. And, and we do the same at PRI, but really um, because of the fact that basically everybody that has a vested interest in NHRA drag racing is at PRI, whether we're talking about crew chiefs or team owners or car or drivers, um, uh, manufacturers of the components that uh, that cars use from stock eliminator all the way up to uh, to top fuel. These people are all at PRI. It is truly a racing show. Uh, for those of you that don't know, you know, kind of the difference between the two shows, you know, the SEMA show is is very much about, uh, you know, street performance, very much about, you know, the, there's a stylistic element of it. There's a paint and body section. There's a truck section. There's a this or that. Whereas the PRI show is purely a racing industry show. And that certainly doesn't mean just drag racing. It means tractor pulling and stock car racing and indie car racing and sports car racing and uh, off-road truck racing, all that type of stuff. But you don't have the you know, the, the kind of hula girls you glue onto the dash or the underglow lights you put under the car. It is it is really about hardcore componentry. It is about uh, it is about manufacturing um, machinery, uh, CNC machinery. They have a giant what they call machinery row um, where manufacturers that make uh, high end and and uh, various styles of like CNC machining equipment display their wares and and actually run the machines which is pretty fascinating if you ever get the chance to go to pri um, you can lose a couple of hours there just watching those cnc machines kind of do their job but for tony and i our concentration was of course the nhra stage and you know as we look at some of the news that came out over the course of the week we should talk about let's talk about factory x first uh jeff turk's car was one of the premier attractions uh, really in the show and we were set up in the main entryway and Jeff Turk's car, the what is known as the Blackbird X, uh, which is really officially the first uh, nearly completed factory X car in the country, was 
in our booth and it got a lot and I'm talking a lot of attention basically it was swarmed all day long Jeff was with the car answering questions Lonnie Grimm the national tech director and Jeff did a multitude of tech talks about the car about the factory X category and you know timelines being what they are of course we had all hoped uh, and I know you had all hoped out there that we would have seen these cars on the racetrack maybe in late 2022 but the reality is the getting the parts from the manufacturers because these are steel roof and quarter cars and then getting the com- the composite available or allowed parts meaning your nose your deck lid uh, i believe door skins can also be composite that uh, that took a long time for those cars to to those parts to be made especially for the brand new mustang uh, platform that just came out getting that styling correct is uh, is something that people wanted to do the, the best news of all is that there are about 20 of these cars on order. There are about, as we understand it, 9 to 10 that are in construction process right now with the other batch really slated to come right behind those. As, uh, some of the big chassis builders in the country are building multiple cars for people that will be kind of fielding multiple teams uh, or cars, teams that will be fielding multiple cars. But good news is Jeff's car is going to be uh, pretty much on the racetrack, in my understanding, within the next month or so. And then we're really going to start to see um, really what these things are made of. And conceptually, we're all thinking maybe it runs high sixes, maybe it runs around 200, maybe not 200 out of the gate. But by the time people get their clutch setups figured out, because remember, these are all manual transmission cars and get the chassis stuff figured out, it's going to be great. Uh, Turk's car is uh, built, scratch built by B&B race cars. A lot of people uh, were walking up thinking that he had altered his factory stock showdown car when, in fact, this car is a 100% scratch build. And in a lot of ways, the factory X car is effectively a pro stock car from the chassis, or rather from the firewall back in terms of the chassis. It is very close to a pro stock car, but packaged within the factory parameters of a of a steel roof and quarters body as provided by Chevrolet, Ford or Dodge. So um, there's some complexities there. And, of course, the beginning construction of these cars takes more time than what will eventually become nearly a production line at some of these larger chassis builders uh, because of the fact that once you get the first one done, you know exactly what you need to cut, bend, weld, and how you need to put it together. So Factory X, very promising. Talk to a lot of racers like Len Lodding and others who are uh, factory stock showdown guys that are going to step up. And uh, Len Lodig actually, uh, as far as he told us, hired uh, Bill Skillman's uh, crew. Um, so Tommy and those guys will be working uh, with him. He'll have a two-car operation with Jesse Alexandra. And so they plan to be on the racetrack in early summer. And so if we look at a timeline for 2023 in Factory X, we're probably, I would guess, and I'm, uh, this is not official, I would guess you'll see an exhibition of these cars at Gainesville and maybe a couple of other races. And then... Uh, you can see a schedule for their competition in 24. Mid to late summer is when these cars are really going to start showing up in force uh, when many of them are completed and sent out the door of the chassis shop. So that'll be a fun thing to watch kind of build over the course of the year. And to me, that's the big story to a degree in the world of Lucas Oil drag racing uh, competition. And obviously those cars will be featured at Camping World events too. Now another big story, which I didn't realize was going to happen, was Julia Toss told us on the stage at SEMA that she would be driving an injected nitro-burning funny car next year for Randy Meyer. We know they tried it in 2022. They, they brought the car a few times to Funny Car Chaos and, and messed around with it a little bit. 
and then they decided to park it to concentrate on their running their dragster and and really running at a championship level Uh, but she did say that they are going to do it again Uh, she did not say how many races or where but she did say that she will be in an injected nitro burning funny car along with that a fuel dragster that she won the u.s nationals as well as the jake's all-stars in that was really cool um the other solid rumor let's call it regarding that style of drag racing next year will be a far more robust schedule for tony stewart in the mcphillips family injected fuel burning dragster and when i say far more robust um, i mean that um, uh, when he can get in it he will be in it and for those of you that pay attention to the world of racing you may have noticed the release that came out uh just on monday i'm making the show on tuesday the uh, 13th of december on the 12th of december a release came out from the srx series that announced their races will all be held on thursday nights over the course of the summer and they will be changing their uh, kind of uh where they air and stuff like that but Thursday night races means that Tony Stewart, uh, with rare exception, will be able to make it to uh, every national event by Friday, uh, and that would mean qualifying uh, an A-Fuel Dragster as well within the, the realm of uh, grasp of reason there. So uh, I think we're going to see a whole lot of Tony Stewart this year, and I think that is just the tip of the iceberg as far as how all that stuff will go. And you can't tell me that this Thursday thing wasn't at least a little bit influenced by the world of drag racing. It certainly worked out. They're bringing back Thursday Night Thunder on ESPN. It's going to be a a fun thing to revive that. Certainly going to draw a big audience. Um, But you can't tell me that when this idea was floated or even proposed perhaps by Tony Stewart, uh, his drag racing schedule was not not at least slightly influential in all of that, which is great. So when we move to professional categories in the Camping World Series, um, Chase Van Zandt, is going to be a new pro stock motorcycle rider running the full season as part of white alligator racing um, this is a guy who has uh, licensed very well he will have jerry Savoy's mo- uh, motorcycle it'll be it'll be fast it'll be tim colungian tuned uh, he's coming out with trick tools as the sponsor and so that is another full-time rider we're going to see and it, let's not call it a trade out for karen stouffer but kind of a one-to-one karen stepping away chase coming in we did not receive an announcement at PRI on who the rider will be on the Vance and Hines team uh, coming in to fill the vacancy left by the departure of Angel. And uh, as you may remember, a week or two ago, when we had Kevin McKenna and, and Tony Pedregon on the show. Kevin surmised that we'd probably hear about that sometime in January. So we'll probably sit on that one for a couple of weeks. Uh, as I mentioned just a couple of minutes ago, this truly is a just a dead zone as far as news goes for the next two weeks, which, again, is fine for all of us. So he'll be coming in on Pro Stock Motorcycle. Uh, that is great news and um, a young talent. We always like to see young talent making that move up. He's ridden 460 index motorcycles. He's licensed very well, and uh, he certainly is chomping at the bit to get out and go testing, which, again, uh, January apparently is the time frame for those guys. Elite Motorsports announced the expansion of their pro stock team. They added another full-time driver. And, of course, they have added a pro-modified team as well, which will be running the entire tour. So Erica said that uh, you know part of her job this year will be coaching the brand-new driver. Also, her job expanded in that Elite Motorsports is going mountain motor pro stock racing now. They announced the acquisition of JR Carr's equipment and team. And uh, Erica also will be driving in, in that six-race series that NHRA will put on. So 
at races where the mount where the 500 cubic inch pro stocks are not that is typically where we see the mountain motor cars so the mountain motor cars places like epping new hampshire that won't get the 500 inch cars this year do have the mountain motor cars so fans will see those those big engine machines that they love then uh, erica and richard freeman will be part of that and you can't tell me that jr car uh, won't be making some rips in a 500 inch car at some point over the course of this season so more expansion in pro stock we did not receive word on the KB Racing, um, you know, business model change, change of leadership, change of owner. Uh, as we know, Ken Black stepped away uh, internally within the sport. We know that there has been a sale there at KB Racing, and and don't be afraid if you're a KB fan. It's actually great news. But that announcement was not made. Apparently, that too will be coming in the uh, in the following year. Um, will be interesting to see if there is a second car uh, with a Caruso family member name on the window and Pro Stock as well. And if you're counting cars in your head, uh, there's going to be a lot of Pro Stock cars next year. So uh, if that is your favorite category, uh, plan on being overwhelmed by goodness. And again, new names coming in, which is a great thing. And I do not believe we're done with adding uh, new Pro Stock drivers yet as well. The big news in Nitro Funny Car, Alex Laughlin will be driving Jim Dunn's Funny Car full-time. We teased it and said, you're really going to be surprised when you hear the name in this car. And it was cool to see the internet who was guessing uh, just wildly to find out who would be in that thing. Uh, Alex's name didn't enter the conversation, but um, people were happy when they saw that. And make no mistake about it, there's going to be a learning curve here. And you know, I I respect Jim Campbell if when I look back over his tenure as a driver because of what we saw him come from and turn into over the course of time. And Alex will need to adapt from the world of top fuel racing into a nitro funny car in pretty short fashion to make sure that car remains competitive. And yes, there will be mistakes made. And yes, there will be a, a very steep curve to get that happening. But Alex has certainly proven himself more than capable uh, winning and driving in pro mods and in pro stock and in radio versus the world and in top fuel. So he has uh, accomplished those goals. What I'm excited for for Alex, this will be a first time he makes really officially in a nitro car, of course, makes a full season run. Even in pro stock, they would run most of the races, but but sit out a few. Um, so we'll be seeing Alex Laughlin as the full-time driver of Jim Dunn's nitro funny car in, in 2023 and beyond. It was an arrangement and a conversation that began with John Dunn, and um, certainly after the performances we saw out of that car in the late uh, season races, we know that it is capable uh, with hanging on kind of to the best of them. When we talk a little bit more about the funny car category, there is a very young man that is being um, licensed just before Christmas down in Bradenton, Florida, that has uh, hopes of uh, and from the best of my knowledge, a, a very good um, potential to put together a solid deal to run about a half a season in 23 and then expand that going forward in 24 and beyond. This is a, a young guy whose name may not be household yet, uh, but it may well be the guy's driven everything and he is uh, as motivated and as talented as anybody I have ever heard of as far as a guy his age with the resume that he has developed. And that is a story that will be Let's call it developing over the next couple of weeks. Um, we'll find out how kind of public they want to make their successes down there uh, when they license over the next couple of weeks and who he's licensing with out of respect for 
uh, everyone involved. I'm going to keep the names out of this one, but uh, understand there is a very, very good young prospect in the world of top fuel racing that, uh, if everything goes right, will be holding a top fuel license before Christmas. So that um, that's really kind of uh, that's really kind of cool there. And I think if we look across that top fuel landscape, um, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, Jasmine Salinas, we understand that uh, testing this this winter perhaps is where that's going to begin. She is going to be majority majority concentrated on her A-fuel car again this season. Not to say she may not be able to pop up once or twice and, and show us what's up in top fuel, but I think we're going to see a lot more of Jasmine in the A-fuel car running for a world championship than we will in top fuel. But that is just going to be another fun transition, another fun kind of evolution in someone's career to uh, to watch. In terms of other rumors uh, in the world of, of nitro drag racing, um, there are some rumors of high-level crew people shifting gears. Now, my understanding at uh, John Force Racing is that Max Savage uh, will remain as part of John Force Racing, but I don't necessarily know if he's going to be staying on Brittany Force's car. The replacement if you will for Ron Tobler will come internally from John Force Racing. I think that's going to be announced after the new year. And uh, this is a great uh, great opportunity. I think it is uh it is someone that uh, when you hear the news you're going to really uh, love it for this guy because it certainly has uh, earned the opportunity and everything that comes along with it. And once again, out of respect for the team, I'm going to leave the name out of it just in the fact that they will be making their own announcement and I don't want to detract from uh, this person's day in the sun which they have so justly and rightly deserved across the rest of the the nitro landscape um there are some there are some heavy rumors regarding changes being made uh willingly or unwillingly i guess i'd say in in the capco organization and and you know because i've not been able to, to substantiate those beyond four or five different people telling me um I guess we'll have to sit sit on our hands and wait for the beginning of the year for that situation as well. But, you know, we talk about uh, great sports teams and how they adapt and evolve and change and, and personnel changes are part of sports, certainly a sport like NHRA drag racing. So we'll find out if and when those rumors pan out to be true. Um, you know, Gary Pritchett, we certainly send out, uh, you know, our kind of thoughts throughout the court throughout the core of the sport uh, many of you may have heard that uh, Gary's father passed away and, and that was a uh, a tough thing and a guy who had a, a great influence on Gary as far as his drag racing life and of course Gary's gone on to do such great things a multi-time champion with the the Capco team and I send uh, send our best to him and his family uh, over the course of this this holiday season when we kind of reviewed many conversations uh, on that PRI stage with with different racers and drivers, there was one constant thing, and it was it was just this idea of like refinement and incremental improvement. Uh, Paul Lee was one of the guys who was uh, was definitely into that type of that this type of discussion. What he's doing with his team, upgrading to the six disc clutch. Uh, he's kind of got a let's call it some sort of a technical partnership, if you want to call it that, uh, with a larger team that's going to help him in that transition. He's going to maintain uh, Justin Heim and Jason Bunker, my understanding, as his two uh, crew chiefs on that car, the two young guys that he brought in to do the job. And that really was kind of across the board. Krista Baldwin, I talked to her, 
she's working this offseason, as she always is, to secure more funding and to make uh, the necessary changes she wants to make. Apparently, a new chassis is going to be involved in her 2023, which is always a good thing when you can you know, bring in some new pipe. And obviously, that car she's driving has plenty of runs on it because it was the car her grandfather competed in for many years. So any way to... Um, any way to be able to see our sport move ahead, and whether it's the addition of new drivers, whether it's the addition of uh, people committing more resources to update their programs, all that's pretty good. And, you know, PRI at, at NHRA may have lacked uh, last year's cataclysmic announcements like, like Ron Caps and everything else, but we can't overlook the solid announcements that were made. John Force Racing announces their extension with Chevrolet big deal there why is it a big deal because it was kind of like people were wondering well how long is the chevy thing going to last well they've signed uh, multiple years of extension into the future uh with their partnership in chevy and those oe partnerships are important for our teams especially on that level um they take a they take a lot of the load off for things like transport vehicles for your team they take the load off on engineering help and they do provide a lot of behind the scenes support that you may not see necessarily as a fan on NHRA and Fox or even walking around the pits, but understand that you know Chevrolet's assistance with John Force Racing is huge, and the fact that they extend it is even better. John Force Racing also dispelled the rumor that Auto Club would be leaving Robert Height's car. Now, they did say there's more announcements coming in the new year regarding what it's going to look like, and I have to believe that that is maybe a nod to the fact that there would be a let's call it an adjustment, so to speak, with uh, how often or how fully we see Auto Club on the car. But to me, I think it's a great thing that they were able to reaffirm Auto Club's commitment to their team and certainly to Robert Height, as Robert and Auto Club have been um, attached at the at the drag racing hip uh, since the beginnings of his driving career. So that's really the high-level stuff that we saw we saw and heard at the PRI show. Tony Pedragon had some great chats with people as well as me, and um, it was just good. It was it was healthy news. Um, there wasn't a lot of people that we put on the stage and said, "Well, I'm looking for a deal for next year. If you can come help me out." There was a few, and we respect that. You got to respect the hustle. You got to be at the show if you want to try to get the you want to try to get the deal. You got to absolutely be there you got to put yourself in front of people and hustle and ask and and do the right things and there's plenty of people doing that so the program here going forward for 2022 is basically we're kind of like telling you to pay attention to nhra.com got some cool stories coming out there looking back over the retrospective year i was able to dive into our nhra nitro research department thank you pete richards stat book and pull together some stuff kind of looking over Seasons like that of Erica Enders or seasons like that of John Fors or seasons like we saw in Top Fuel and kind of picking out some kernels of knowledge and some some of that inside baseball stuff that we don't necessarily have time to elaborate on during our television broadcast, but really bring to light some interesting stuff. And, you know, talking about John Forrest, you know, we always talk about him on the starting line and maybe you're going to roll your eyes and groan here. But when you look at the pure numbers of it, when you take out the emotion of a moment or you take out the you know high intensity of a race day and you look and you say does him doing this actually work and then the numbers 100% tell you that it does and you have to begin to respect it because and if you didn't before you should and I always have but if you don't respect what this guy's doing especially at his age um, you really should because the idea of the idea of 
a man in his 70s being able to stand in the competitive ring with people half, if not more than half uh, his age and, you know, being the guy that has, uh, you know, led some categories over the course of the 2022 season. That is ridiculously cool in my book. And he obviously signed an extension with Peak for a few years, so he's not going anywhere. And anything he does in the starting line may become even more um, entertainingly erratic as we continue to go on through his career. Obviously, we're heading back to Chicago in 2023. That was a great topic of conversation as well. Tickets are on sale for that race. We look forward to having a huge crowd at that beautiful Route 66 facility. So really, as I look back over the show, I see positivity, as I mentioned. I see uh, some nice forward movement. And again, uh, the ground-shaking announcements that we had last year didn't necessarily have those. But what we're going to see is this is an off-season of kind of a slow burn as opposed to the explosive one we had last year. Um, I think as busy as December was for us last year in news, that will be replaced by a very busy January. And that could very well be offset by the fact our season begins in March instead of February. Um, I don't think there's any coincidence that the news cycle gets stretched a little bit more when there is a longer gap to have news to report uh, in the off season. So that compression of uh, of getting done in November and being back on the racetrack really in the you know last week or second to last week of February changes a little bit. And as we stretch that out, it means news that maybe broke at PRI now breaks in the middle of January. I know there's a lot of stuff coming, and I know that that stuff is going to curl some people's toes and make some people giddy and make some people um, grit their teeth. And that's the great nature of the offseason. Ne- you don't necessarily – you think you know, but you don't know all of it. And so even the stuff that I have um, uh, maybe am respectfully biting my tongue on here in this show, um, as much as I believe I know in that stuff, I but there's probably still some surprises even coming for a guy like me and certainly for the rest of us that love this world of NHRA drag racing. So as this is going to be our final show of the 2022 season, uh, I just wanted to thank all of you for listening. We have made, uh, I think now this is 47 episodes this year of The Insider going on uh, a couple of seasons now. We've made way more than 100 episodes of the show. I think we're coming up on 200 episodes of the show. And I can't thank you enough for tuning in whether it's uh, conversations we have with drivers like when we spoke to Antron Brown a couple of weeks ago or conversations with the likes of Tony Pedragon and Kevin McKenna who really have brought a great dimension in my mind to the world of the NHRA Insider Podcast with our pre-race shows and kind of our post-race breakdowns. Uh, They really do have great opinions, super knowledgeable opinions, and they are sharing them in a really fun way. You'll be hearing more, of course, next year from Kevin and from Tony as we ramp things up. And you'll be hearing from me again early in January as we get our season and testing schedule started. Between now and then, who knows? Maybe some news will leak out. Maybe some rumors will kick up. And maybe some things will happen. But as we wait over this next couple of weeks, I want to wish you all a very happy holiday season. Wish you all the health in the world. And if you're an NHRA drag racing fan, there is no better Christmas gift than getting somebody in your friends, your family group, or even telling them you want tickets. Come see us at the Chicago race that's coming back. Promises to be a big party. Come see us at the Gator Nationals when the season opens up. And that place is going to be banging with all the new cars, the new drivers, uh, basically every category you have to offer in the world of NHRA drag racing. Or come see us at places like the U.S. Nationals, Phoenix, Arizona, even Pomona, California. We have our Southwestern Swing to start the year, of course, and our traditional Western Swing with a slightly modified order coming in 2023, along with other iconic races that we run across this country, like Dallas. You'll be hearing news about that Dallas race coming soon. You know that the schedule has been released for our Pro Modified 
Pro Stock and Pro Stock Motorcycle classes. You can pick all that stuff up on NHRA.com. And that's pretty much going to do it for me for the 2022 NHRA Camping World Drag Racing Series season, as well as the Lucas Oil Drag Racing season, the Fuel Tech NHRA Pro Mod Series, and all the rest. Thanks for listening. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Wherever you're celebrating at home, I wish you all the best, and I'll see you again in 2023.